You're listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Man, it's good to be in God's house, man. I missed you guys. Y'all missed church last Sunday. I hope you did. But it's just, it ain't the same if we're not here. I told somebody this morning that I felt like it had been a month since we had been together. And so I'm excited that you're here. Are you excited to be here? Let me just, can you just give me something to let you know? Yeah, all right, awesome. Um, Grab your Bibles. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. That's going to be our launching point. We're going to be all over the Word today. But Ephesians chapter 3 is kind of the launching point for our series. And while you're pulling that up, while you're accessing God's Word, however you are, if you're pulling it up on something digital or if you are flipping pages, just a couple things. Number one, um, if you're worshiping with us for the first time today, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Matt, and I am one of the pastors here at Vintage. We would love to get to know you and thank you for worshiping with us. So if you would, do us a favor, and sometime throughout the service, fill out that response card that was in your seat. As you exit the room this morning, there'll be a couple of our host team volunteers with the baskets for you to drop that card down in there. Also, they'll be there too. If you weren't in the room when we took up offering earlier, you can drop your offering and give that way. Some people have asked, why do we move that? We, we were talking as a team and just felt like giving is supposed to be a part of worship, and we felt like the way we were doing it made it feel like just kind of an afterthought, and we decided to just incorporate it into, the part, uh, into our worship. So that's kind of why we've made that shift and change, and we just want to make it what it is, an act of worship. Um, so if you're a first-time guest, we would love to just love on you and thank you for being here. We're not going to show up at your house. We're not going to hound you. We just want to say thank you for worship being with us and let and just ask you if we can serve you in any way also just uh, one quick remi- a couple quick reminders um, mark Saturday January the 28th at 7 p.m. on your calendars if you are a partner uh, you might be new to vintage and what is a partner we don't do membership here because we're not a country club uh, we just believe that when you walk into our doors as a church we are committed to loving you It doesn't matter if you come that day and that's the only day you come or you come every Sunday for the next 15 years. Our commitment to you starts the moment that you show up at our church. We want to love you, support you, encourage you in any way that we can. Um, But what we do is partnership, and partnership is is you making a commitment to this church. If you feel like you believe in what God's doing here and you want to to contribute and, and, and use what God's given you to help us to partner with us to, to do what God's called us in this community. Well, every year in January, we have like a partner's worship night where we just kind of cast vision and share some things with that group of people. So if you're a partner, we invite you that night. Um, I announced this in the first service and people were like, uh, I, I want to become a partner. We typically do that only the first Wednesday of every month, but we're going to add a Vintage 101. That's how you become a partner the last Wednesday of, of this month. So if you want to mark your calendar for that, if you're not a partner and you'd like to know more about that, um, because that night is going to be awesome. That weekend is going to be awesome and we believe we're going to have some really, really, really big news to share that night in faith. Amen. In Jesus' name. Uh, we're just believing it, so mark your calendars. One final thing before we dive into the message. Um, stay tuned to our social media because we're launching the, a vintage app hopefully within the next week or two. Um, We was trying to create tools to kind of help you come alongside you more than just Sunday morning, and so we've been working on developing an app that will allow you to do things like post prayer requests. You can get push notifications for reminders about things that are going on around in our church. Um, Actually, you'll be able to come in here on Sunday morning and, uh, and just click on a button, and you'll have the sermon notes for this day, and you can follow along. My outline will already be in there. Scriptures that we're using will already be preloaded into that. Just kind of help you just kind of keep tracking along. And there's some other cool things that we're trying to integrate into that app that will just help us connect more
more as a community. So um, we, we hoped it would be ready by this week. It's not quite ready. We're still tweaking it a little bit. So just make sure that you take um, note of all those things. God's doing some really cool things and a lot of cool things happening around our church over the days and weeks ahead. But today we are in part two of a series called Above and Beyond. And last week or two weeks ago um, before, and if you're praying for snow, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Um, I just, I hate it. I think it's pointless. I mean, it's fun. It's pretty to watch it fall, but I'm like, let's get 80 degrees, get it out of here so we can go about our lives. Um, thank you. First service, everybody was like, thank you. Y'all are the godly people in, in this service. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, so uh, we're, we're, we're going to jump into this teaching today, uh, and we're doing a series called Above and Beyond. And I told you if you were here a couple weeks ago, this is going to be more than just a series. As we were moving towards the end of 2016 and thinking ahead in 2017, just praying and seeking God for what we wanted for our church and what he was trying to do in our lives, we just felt like those two words came to my heart. And it was rooted in the passage of scripture that we're about to read. But God was basically saying, Matt, I've got more. You believe God's got more for your life? Amen. Like, God has more. Like, like, you think you've seen me do things, you think you've experienced me, but as much as you think you've gotten of me, there is always more. That the more I get to know God, the more there is to know God. The more his word becomes inspiring, the more inspiring it can be. Like, there's all, God is limitless. Come on. Like, there is more and more and more of God out there, and I just, I want to challenge us to not be settled or satisfied with the current state of where we are. Not in, in any area of our lives. I want don't you want, you want your marriage to be better, your career to be better, your life to be better, your relationship with Jesus to be better? You want to be a better parent? Like, don't we want to be better that there's more? But this is what I realized. Like, to experience God's beyond, we have to be willing to go above. Because the reality is, if we enter a new year, everybody wants everything to change, but don't nobody want to change anything. Right? Like, we want things to just magically be better, magically be different, but we don't want to do the things that are within our power to make it better. And so this series is about expecting God to do more, but also a challenge for us to do our part to go above in the areas of our lives that are necessary in order for us to experience God's more. And we've been using this passage of Scripture from Ephesians chapter 13. We're going to pick up with verse 14 Ephesians chapter 3, pick up with verse 14, as Paul writes this letter to this church. It's a church plant that he was a part of, that he saw birth in this community. And he writes this almost like a prayer. Check it out, verse 14. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father. In other words, Paul's saying, this is why I'm praying for you, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And then this, this next part of this verse is what really, it grabbed me as we finished 2016. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Like, I pray that because of who God is and because of his great love for you, that you get all of God that's out there and available to you. That, like, you don't, you don't get satisfied with just, like, this little bit of taste, but, like, you, you long for more from God because he has so much more. Because then he says this in verse 20. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more 
than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Like Paul says, like, I hope that, that you go for more. That, that of all the cool things that God's doing and all the people's lives that are being changed and all the awesome things that you are experiencing from God, as cool as those things are, I want you to know there's still more to be had. Like God is constantly a God of more. In Christ, there's always more. And in week one, we talked about the most essential thing to experiencing more, and that's a relationship with Jesus. Like that's the beginning point. Like before you can go any further, you ha- that experiencing getting more out of this thing called life starts with having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Like it doesn't matter what all you think you've accomplished, that you can never have the full life that God has for you if you're trying to exist outside of a relationship with him. Amen, somebody. Like it's just impossible. You can't get enough degrees on the wall. You can't get enough money in the bank account. You can't shine the car up enough. You can't get the night, you can't, there's nothing that can give you what God can give you. Because see, here's the reality. We, we have this problem. I know we don't like to talk about it anymore. It's called sin. And we are all guilty of it. Remember, welcome to Venice Church. Everybody's as messed up as you are. Everybody's made mistakes. Everybody's got baggage. We've all done things. And see, sin has created a lid in our lives. That's what sin, sin has created a lid and what God did is he said, I'm not going to be satisfied with my people living under that lid. So I'm going to become a man in the form of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to go to the cross to die for their sins so that those things can be removed and that lid could be taken off and they can experience the potential I desire for them. And that's where it begins, and that's how we started the year. And we talked about Jesus can't be first on a list. He has to be at the center of your life. He can't just be Savior. He must be Lord. Like we have to make sure we're fully committed to him because then when we begin to walk with Christ, and we make a decision that we're going to start living God's way. We're going to let the scriptures and the Holy Spirit be the driving force behind what we do. Then the things that are necessary to happen in our life are possible for us to experience this fullness and this more and all the potential that God has for us. See, that uh, life with Jesus makes those changes possible. And we can begin to do the things necessary to experience more. And I told you then that there was going to be four things that we were going to unpack that I, that I believe we're going to have to do in order to experience more in 2017. And I'm going to give them to you again. We're going to get physically healthy, emotionally well, financially responsible, and spiritually growing. Like all four of these are necessary if we're going to go above and beyond. And are y'all like me? Like there's been times when you've done really good at like two of those, but you've done really bad at the other two. Or there's been times like one of those areas you feel like maybe you're kind of knocking out of the park a little bit, but you're good. But there's one of those areas that's still suffering. And so what I wanted to do throughout this series was just kind of talk about these and, and address them individually. And, and, and we're going to kind of combine a couple next week. But to be honest with you, today's topic, I've, I've never dedicated a full message to this topic. For a lot of reasons. It ain't going to be fun to preach. Um, it's not going to be fun to preach. It's probably, it's, it's probably going to be less fun to hear. And to be honest with you, up until probably the last couple years, um, I couldn't have preached it without being a really, really big hypocrite. Because today we're talking about getting physically healthy. And, most, and when I read passages like this, this is kind of how, you're 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, 
yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. You ever feel like outwardly you just wasting away? Come on. You ever felt like this week, like physically, you just, it's just falling apart? Well, today I, wanna, I want us to unpack, I want us to kind of have this conversation about being physically healthy. Because I know it's, and it's not something that we talk about very much in the church, is it? Matter of fact, it's, it's, it's a subject in the Christian community that I feel like we've just kind of stepped over. And almost, we, we've, we've justified it for a lot of reasons. We even use scriptures that we're going to look at in a minute to almost act like it's not important and we don't need to have this conversation. And I know there's probably people in the room already, you may be a little bit tempted to check out on me, but just kind of stay with me for a minute. As we walk through scriptures, I think you're going to see some very important things. But, you know, growing up, I didn't hear a whole lot of message about being physically healthy. You know, I can remember preachers talking about our bodies being temples of the Holy Spirit. But the only thing they ever talked about was, don't drink because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the same preacher was like a Happy Meal away from three bills. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Or don't smoke because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Y'all stay for a covered dish with nothing but fried chicken and macaroni and cheese <laughs> that would clog an artery in 10 minutes. Come on. Like we don't talk about it. It's something that we've kind of neglected. But if, if you really dive into Scripture and you really look at what God's Word has to say, it says a lot about physical health. And what God thinks about it. And I know we've looked at passages like 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse, latter part of verse 7. says, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we've almost used scriptures like that as an excuse to like not have to care about our bodies. And let me just go ahead and get this way. I'm talking about health, not hot, okay? <laughs> There's a difference. We're talking about fitness, not appearance. This isn't a message that's challenging to go from fat to skinny. This is a message that's going to challenge you, I hope, to understand that you need to, because God does, value your physical health and see it the way God sees it. Because the reality is, I believe firmly that your physical health matters to God. Your physical health matters to God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Like your body that you have, God made it. He formed it. He designed it. Now, I don't know, maybe you're in here and you're still kind of spiritually unresolved and all those kinds of things, and, but, but this is what I believe. Like you, you're, everything that you see, all of creation, with all its intricacies and all of its amazing way that it works it works that way because it was designed by a creator that God formed all these things that fit and go together and and it's so I know it's complicated and it's complex and that's because somebody a God that's much smarter than science much smarter than any of us fit it all to be that way and your physical health matters to God first Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 do you not know that your what bodies, your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Like God cares about what we do with our bodies, like that it matters. And you know what? I believe firmly that 
following God's standards and boundaries for our lives will or should lead to not only spiritual health, but physical health as well. I believe that like, if we do things God's way, like we can all admit that Scripture lays out a plan, a way for God to, to, that God desires for us to live. Things we're, that we are supposed to consider, things that are supposed to be priorities, things that are supposed to be guardrails in our lives. And I think if we make a commitment to follow God the way he desires us to follow him, not only will it lead to something spiritual in our lives, but it should affect us physically. Come on. And see, because the reality is, we, we've said this before, you're, you're a triune being. God made you body, soul, and spirit. And all three of those things are connected, and all three of those things matter to God. And all three of those things need to be something that we consider as we walk with him and seek to do things his way. And you read verses like this, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I think that the writer of Proverbs is saying like when you do things God's way, not only physically, I mean spiritually should it make a difference in your life, it should make a difference physically as well. And I, again, I know it's really easy to sit in here and, and, and dismiss this because it, here's the reality about health. Health is something we never value until it's really threatened. See, so it's really, e- even, even if you're not the healthiest you could be right now, we don't, we don't pay attention to our health until something threatens it. We don't, we, don't see, we don't value the fact that we can actually get out of the bed and put two feet on the ground and walk to the kitchen or the bathroom or wherever. We don't value that we have this thing, but you go talk to any person in this room that's ever gone through some type of physical ailment or disease to where their health was just robbed from them, and you, tell, you ask them how much they value health now. And it's sad that we're a culture that has to lose something before we really appreciate the fact that we have it. Your health matters to God. Your physical well-being matters to God. And this is what I believe, that physical health is a matter of stewardship. Physical health is a matter of stewardship. We're, we're responsible to steward everything God has given us well. Amen? Right? Don't you believe that everything that we have is because God's given it to us? Everything we have. Our money, our jobs, our families, our relationships, our homes, our vi- every, everything that we have is because God has allowed us to have it, and we're responsible to steward that thing well. Your body's no different. It's no different. And you know what I really believe? That we have to more intentionally steward that which we have a limited amount of. I'll say that again. We have to more intentionally steward that which we have a limited amount of. There will always be a potential probably for you to make more money. But time, you ain't getting tomorrow back. You ain't getting five minutes ago back. No matter how much science progresses, that body you got, the only one you're going to have. And stewarding it well for his honor and his glory, it matters. It matters. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, pick up verse 3. So this is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. But then I want you to notice what happened, because I think sometimes we want to lump the, these, this ver- these verses together. You notice there's, there's a semicolon there, and then he starts 
another, I think another thought, that yeah, he's talking about sexual purity in that one place, but then he's saying that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans do who do not know God. See, I think another mistake we've made is we've, in the Christian community, believed the only thing that God's worried about that you do with your body has to be sexual. That's the only thing he's caring about. That he doesn't care about anything else that we do with our bodies but that, and I would completely disagree. Now, what, Paul, what, what the writer here, what Paul is saying is, is, yes, sexual purity, it matters to God, but what you do with your body overall, in general, all-encompassing, matters to Him. And when you allow something other than the Holy Spirit to be driving force the way you use your body, when our, when our appetites, whether it be for food or whatever, begin to be the controlling force with what we do with what God has given us, we're following a dangerous path. You with me? Say amen. That's what God's calling us to steward it well. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That doing it God's way should lead not only to a spiritual health, but a physical health, and it matters to God, and it's a matter of stewardship. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and what health to one's whole body. Like, all throughout scripture, the more I've prepared for this, this message and the more I, God's been convicted in my own heart from Genesis to Revelation, like God all throughout scripture calls us to be aware of our physical health, points to the fact that he cares about it and it matters to him and that we're supposed to steward it well. And again, don't, this isn't, this isn't a message for you to start feeling guilty about your size or anything, because it's not about that. My question is, are you doing the things that you know you can do that are within your control to allow you to be the healthiest version of you so that you can be to your family, your community, your world, all that God, desi- God desires you to be? That's what it's about. Don't get it all twisted up. I'm going to feel fat. I shouldn't have come to church today. Like That's not what it's about. And the other thing I would submit is there's a bigger thing at play here because this is something that I very abruptly learned in my life a couple years ago. And it took realizing this before I began to make some changes in my own health and routine. And that's this. When you are physically unhealthy, you are spiritually vulnerable. I believe this because I've experienced it. When you are physically unhealthy, you are spiritually vulnerable. I believe it. You realize you're at war. Again, there's people in the room that you're kind of still trying to figure this whole thing out. This is going to freak you out. You have an enemy. His name is Satan, the devil, and he hates you. He wants you to be miserable. He hates you because his greatest enemy, God, loves you. And the reality is the devil and, and, the devil and God are not on the same playing field. I think sometimes we, we think about the, the devil and God fighting this like Apollo versus Rocky, and they're going back and forth. That ain't the way... God will kick his tail, no problem at all. You understand that? Like, like they're, not e- they're not equal ground. And because the, the devil knows he can't mess with God, he messes with you and me. 
Like that's his M.O. And he, does, he wants you to be miserable. He wants you to be unhealthy in every aspect of the word. And you know what the thing is? I don't think you can fight spiritually when you're unhealthy physically. It's hard to fight when you're exhausted, isn't it? It's hard to fight when you're so unhealthy, like you can't, you, you can't even focus. See, back in, in, in early part of 2015, heading in the spring of 2015 is when this all came to a head in my life. I was really unhealthy, physically. I was going through all the right motions spiritually. I was trying to get in the Word and that kind of stuff, but I found myself like, like I was so physically just felt so bad. I was tired all the time. I just didn't feel good. Like even when I tried to go down to the Word, like I can't even focus. You ever been like that? Like you're just so worn out. You're just so physically drained, trying to pray, your mind just thinking swirl. I mean, what's going on? It's just all over the place, right? And I just felt terrible. And more, worse than that, it, it made me a bad husband and father. I'd come home, and, and instead of having even the physical energy to engage my family, I'd just set my butt in a chair. Daddy, let's play. Go play in your room by yourself. I just didn't, I, I just didn't feel good. And then, then I, I coached my son's soccer team. And we get out there, and you know, you're, you're playing soccer. You're like, All right, guys, let's run some laps. Let's run three laps. We run one lap, and I'm like, oh, oh God. Like, Coach Matt, you can run. No. Why? Because I'll die. <laughs> run. And what I realize is here, my son is like not even eight years old, and I'm in my mid-30s, and I'm already thinking, like, in a year, like, I want a few more years where I can get on the basketball court and whoop him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, I, I was, he was way too young. I was way too young to be that unhealthy, and I saw it bleeding over into every area of my life, and I just made a decision. Something's got to change. Something's got to change because it was beginning to affect everything that I was. And again, it wasn't about size or anything. It was like I was unhealthy. And I made some changes. And you know what? It, it, when we make those changes, you know, we want to see these instant results. I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't easy. Here's some, can I let you know something that God's been teaching me even more lately is doing things God's way will make your life better. It will not make it easier. See, don't confuse better with easier. Good example. Having kids made my life better. It sure didn't make it easier. <laughs> Come on. I read an article this morning to raise a kid to a certain age is $230,000. You know, that's a nice beach house my wife and I could have had. And that doesn't even include college. Getting healthy makes your life better, but Lord, it don't make it easier. It doesn't make it easier. Your physical health matters to God. Your family, your community, your God deserves the healthiest version. I tell our team all the time, the best thing you can offer somebody is the healthiest version of you. And that's not just spiritually, that's physically as well. And so can you just begin to wrestle with that question? Here's the question I want you just to begin to ask in your mind. Am I doing everything within my power to offer the people I love most the healthiest version of me? Really? Am I doing everything within my power to offer my God, my family, my community, the healthiest version of me? And if not, will you have the courage to make some changes? And, and, and it, it really is not as hard as we make it out to be. There, it, there's some things that we need to discuss. Number one, you've got to move. You've got to move. 
you got to get off your rear end and move. Like, here's the thing. Is, I, I don't want to get healthy, but I ain't going to change nothing. I ain't got time to exercise. Oh, I'm too busy to eat healthy. You know what I found? It's hard to make excuses and progress at the same time. You got to move. And I know, we, we see, we've taken verses like 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Now, we've taken that, and almost like Paul's just kind of making like physical exercise and being healthy is not important. That, can we just say, we've manipulated that scripture to mean what we want it to mean. What he's saying is, yeah, making sure that you're right with God, that's primary. You know, eating a salad but not knowing Jesus, that ain't doing nothing. Okay? Like he's saying, he's not saying what we've kind of pushed him to say. I look, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. Sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. In other words, you don't do no work, you don't see no results. Or how about this? Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. In other words, don't just talk about it, be about it. What I've discovered is any significant change will require substantial effort on our part. Move. The next thing, we got, we got to address it. Eat. What you put in your body matters. Oh, here you now, I'm not telling you about any kind of diet, but you know what? There's a, there's, a, there's a principle all throughout Scripture that we can't get around. What you sow is what you reap. Right? Can we all agree that we see that? What you put in has an impact on what you get out. Come on. What you put in your body affects what you get out of your body. What goes in impacts what comes out. That's a principle called, you, you can apply that to every arena of your life. And I know, like, for, for, for me, for a long time, food was fun. But food is also fuel. And we just have to learn that balance. And understanding that what we put in our body matters. Again, this is me not trying to tell you how to diet or tell you how to change. I'm just saying there's a spiritual reality that we have to acknowledge. There's a biblical principle that's at play here that what goes in impacts what comes out. And when nothing but junk comes in, guess what? You ain't going to get much more than junk out. You see scriptures like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. I, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. You hear what he's trying to say here? Like, yeah, you can eat whatever you want, but understand that, that there's consequences with that and what it makes a difference in your life. The third thing, maybe the hardest thing you, I challenge you to do, you have to rest. If you want to be physically healthy, you have to rest. And I know we live in a culture that's fast-paced, moving all the time, working 18, 20 hours a day, 80, 90 hours a week, and we value that, and we find ourselves worth wrapped up in how many hours we logged in, and all the while, it's destroying our culture and people in it. You have to rest. When God set rest in the creation narrative and mentioned it wasn't because he needed it it was because he knew we would need it because we can't handle this life without periodically stopping and resting. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat, or, or excuse me, I'm going to go to Psalm 7, uh, 127. Psalm 127, 2. It says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for, the, for he grants sleep to those he loves. 
Like when we're all about this toil and going and going. Or look at the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostle gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Scripture calls people that won't work lazy because people who won't rest disobedient. Like you got to stop. There has to come a time when you say, you know what? Phone off, computer closed, let's just rest. The holiest hour on Sundays when I get home about 2 o'clock, I get that nap. Come on. <laughs> you have to rest. And then the final thing is this, and this is not going to make sense when you first see it, you have to feed. And what I mean by that is you have to eat to fill your stomach, but you have to feed to fill your spirit. Because again, you can do all those things. See, here's the problem with physical health. What we tend to do is either idolize it or abuse it. We either get so wrapped up in it that we're consumed about it and it becomes about our appearance and all that, and we get so consumed by it, or we just neglect it and abuse it and abuse it. When what God has called us to do is care for it, and finding the right balance in that is making sure that you're maintaining your relationship with Jesus first and foremost. That you're feeding your spirit. That you're staying in the word. That you're staying praying and seeking him. That's why we start this year. We, we started this year. We're doing 21 days of prayer. That we start every single year. Those first 21 days. To seek God through prayer. And man we've been doing. We've been having these hours. Where we just gather corporately over at our offices. We've been doing one a week. They've been powerful times. And it's so much so. that I think this is something that we're just going to keep doing. Even beyond the 21 days every so often. To gather together on one roof. And pray for each other. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Proverbs fourteen thirty, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Now you can be doing everything necessary to stay physically healthy, but if you're neglecting your most important need, which is your spiritual one, you're not going to be healthy at all. Your physical health matters to God. It does. It's a matter of stewardship. And your family, your community, your God deserves the healthiest version of you. And so would you just really do some soul searching this morning? Are you, are you offering your God the healthiest version of you as, a, as an act of worship? And if not, where do you need to make changes? Because you're not going to get healthier without making some kind of change. My prayer for us is what John wrote in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. See, Paul prayed, or the writer John there, he prayed for an overall wellness and health and wholeness for his people. And that's my prayer for us. If we're going to go above and beyond then our physical health is going to have to improve. We're going to have to make some changes. So just bow your heads, close your eyes, and let's just spend some time doing some work with the Lord. Will you, will you have the courage just to do that? Be honest with, with yourself. And that's the question. Here's the question. Am I offering my God, my family, my community, the healthiest version of me? Am I doing everything within my power to make sure I'm as healthy as I can possibly be so that I can be used for his good and glory to the most effective and efficient manner. 
And if the answer is no, what's God doing calling you to change? Number one, I want to talk to the people in the room that you're, you're still trying to do this outside of a relationship with Jesus. Again, that's your starting point. No matter how fit you become, if you're disconnected from a relationship with Christ, you're never going to be experiencing all that God has for your life. And today, your step is to accept Jesus as your Savior, to allow what He did for you on the cross to lift that lid off your life. And how you do that, Scripture tells us is simple, that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is the Lord, that we're saved. So if that's you, and that's the step you need to make today, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. Will you just throw your hand up in the air and just kind of leave it up? I want to pray for you. Amen. 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 First and foremost, it's with allowing Jesus to be Lord of my life, my Savior, my God. Amen. 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 You can put them down. For the rest of us, we're going to worship for a few minutes. And when you just use this time, would you leverage it to just seek God and not allow yourself to get out of this room without some clarity from Him as to what He wants to do in your life? I'm going to invite you just to quietly and reverently just rise to your feet. And I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to worship and allow God to do some work. God, I pray that over the next few moments, as we sing this song to you, as we worship you, God, that you would speak into the hearts and minds of your people, and that you would make it clear what you are calling every individual within the sound of my voice to do, what changes they're supposed to make. God, may they hear your voice, may they hear it clearly and specifically now as you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.